This is the Golf Under Par Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy McCullough. We are on a journey to find the information that's going to help you play the best golf of your life. Join us now as we dive in. Welcome, everybody, to the Golf Under Par Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy McCullough, here with a special guest, Stephen Yellen. He is a golf coach and author of the book Simplicity, the Fluid Motion Factor Golf Program. And that is what we're going to be talking a lot about today. You can find a lot of his information at fluidmotiongolf.com, where he has an online program. You can find out some of his, his clinics that he runs and, and get to learn more from him. Well, thank you, Stephen, for being on the show, and welcome. Jeremy, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's my pleasure. So I always start off asking everybody, how'd you get into golf? Well, you know, I took up golf uh, a little, I wouldn't say too much later in life. I was about 25 years old. The sport that I grew up with um, was uh, tennis, but uh, I moved to San Diego in uh, 1980, and uh, it was about five, literally about seven minutes from Torrey Pines Golf Course in Del Mar. So my father was a scratch golfer for 50 years, so uh, I got interested and um, he gave me the fundamentals and, you know, that was it. I was off to the races after that. Okay, very cool. I'm passing down the, the legacy, huh, from, from generation to generation, huh? Yeah, no, he was. He, in fact, he represented the United States in international competition. He was that good. That's awesome. So, yeah. Well, cool story, I'm sure, um, for him to share at uh, Thanksgiving dinners and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So big chunk of our conversation today is going to be about your book, Simplicity, and, and how it takes the reader through the steps of kind of getting into the zone, and which you, you oftentimes call the fluid, fluid motion factor there. And so how long did it kind of take to formulate this, this concept? And then how long does it take to implement it for, for golfers? Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you the story on how it, how it came about. Um, as I mentioned, um, my sport when I was growing up was tennis, and I grew up in Florida, uh, had a good junior career. Uh, when I was a senior in college, I won the Florida State High School Singles Championship, and our team won the state title, which was a great way to end senior year. Right. I then went on to um, play at the University of Pennsylvania, where I had a good college career, played number one singles um, for three and a half years. But when I was a senior uh, at Penn, I had this um, extraordinary zone experience that really changed my life. And it was, it was a challenge match against uh, another player on the team. You know, we had challenge matches every week to see, you know, who was going to play one, two, three, four, you know, for the next match. And um, I was very familiar with this player. I never lost to him. So it was nothing really special, but I sank down into a state that uh, I had never experienced before. It was just extraordinary. Now, I was sort of in the middle of the food chain for national junior and national collegiate tennis. Uh, I would go to the nationals every year, win a few matches, but by the by the, about the third round, you know, someone would have Stephen Yellen for breakfast, you know, and that, that would be all she wrote. But for that one hour, I experienced what these top 10 you know, junior and collegiate um, tennis players experience. And the overriding experience was freedom, absolute freedom. I could do whatever I wanted to do whenever I wanted to do it. 
And it was actually ridiculously easy to do. And I sat down after the match and I literally could not move for 10 minutes. I was so overwhelmed by the experience. It was in many respects, a very spiritual experience because I literally, I felt myself out of my body in a way, looking at myself perform and there was no micromanaging and there was just complete freedom. And I knew that this experience was gonna change my life. You know, occasionally in life, you have an experience where you know your life is not gonna be the same after this experience. And sports was such an integral part of my life that I knew that this was a gift. Uh, I didn't know where it would lead, how long it would take, what the final destination would be, but I knew that my life was not going to be the same. And I had to come up with the answer of why it happened. I mean, I had played so many hundreds of matches over, I was 22 years old at the time, or 21, about to turn 22. I had played so many hundreds of matches against so many different players in so many different venues and so many different circumstances that I had to understand what precipitated this. Why did I have this experience? It was absolutely extraordinary. So um, finally, I had to get up after sitting down and not moving for 10 minutes because I was so overwhelmed. And I was on it for 24 seven, I could not let it go. Why? Why did I have this experience? Now, if someone was watching me play and knew my game, they would see that, oh, Stephen, your footwork, I've never seen your footwork so good. I've never seen your record preparation so well, so good. I never saw your balance so good, your shot, shot selection, your follow through. But I knew that there, that was a byproduct. That was a result of something else that happened. And I wanted to understand what that something else was, that primary level of what precipitated this experience. So after about two or three days, I woke up and I figured it out. I knew exactly why I had this experience. It was black and white. There was no gray whatsoever. And again, I was 21 years old at the time. I thought it would take me two or three years to develop a program because it was very subtle. It was way under the radar, way under the radar. No tennis coach had ever explained this to me before. And I took some lessons from some of the top coaches in the country. And I thought it'd take two or three years to develop a program to at least give tennis players. I wasn't even playing golf at the time. Okay. I, I took up golf three or four years later to at least give tennis players the opportunity to become more consistent, which every athlete wants. They just want to become more consistent and occasionally have these kinds of zone experiences. Well, Dr. Jeremy, I was way, way off in the calculations. It didn't take two or three years. It took a lifetime. And the reason why it took a lifetime, this happened in 1975, by the way. That's when I was a senior at Penn. The reason why it took 46 years, really 45 years, because I more or less put the, closed the book on the program about a year ago, is that the arena from which zone experiences are generated from is an extremely delicate, subtle arena. It has its own laws of motion. It has its own nuances. And unless you respect and honor and pay homage to those laws of motion, to those nuances, you will be humbled in a second. So I had to, I had to uh, investigate, understand, and come up with a program 
that allowed someone to be aligned with those laws of motion. And it's not just uh, for golf. Uh, my program, Fluid Motion Factor, has been taught in 12 sports because the body doesn't care what motion you're producing, whether it's a, a, you know, a, a drive uh, in golf, uh, shooting a basket in basketball, throwing a curveball, hitting a serve, um, going for a goal in soccer. Fluid motion is produced identically in every single sport. 45 years later, now that we've, we've, got, we've got simplicity and this fluid, fill, um, fluid motion factor uh, program. So yeah. I guess the question is, how long does it take for golfers and like what kind of skill level do, do you need to have in order to implement it? It's for, it's for golfers, beginning golfers to uh, tour professionals who I, I, I'm, I've worked with and I'm still working with because it doesn't matter if you're a beginning golfer or you're a tour, tour professional, you're going to produce a fluid swing using the same processes. You know, golf is all about motion. Motion is all about the muscles. Where's the operating system, the system of the muscles? Well, it's in the brain physiology. So when a beginning golfer is able to get a, a, a ball airborne, they are accessing very specific processes in the mind. When a PGA professional is able to hit a solid drive or hit the green with his iron or even sink a putt, this, it's the same processes in the mind. Obviously, it's on a, a higher skill level, but if you went to a cardiologist in uh, Virginia Beach, or you went to a cardiologist in Sydney, Australia, the cardiologist is gonna explain how the heart works. You don't have an Australian heart and you have a Virginia heart, right? Right, right. This, this is neurophysiology. So um, the processes in, in the brain that produce fluid motion for a beginning golfer are identical to the processes in the mind that produce fluid motion for Patrick Reed who just won at Torrey Pines yesterday. It's the same processes. Okay. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause I mean, we talk about in physical therapy where we have a central program generator and that is, you know, our walking. And so that doesn't change from person to person. It's the same program. It doesn't change after you have uh, an injury or anything along those lines, but and so it's kind of like getting back into that, that same generated process when something kind of goes right. Off. Um, and that's what we do right. with physical therapy on a regular basis. So sounds, sounds similar. Yeah. And it's all makeup of the brain. What, how long does it take for Dallas to start grasping kind of the, the, the uh, I guess the understanding of, of the fluid motion factor program. One minute. Okay. 10 balls. 10 balls. Yeah. 10 balls. Uh, sometimes three balls, sometimes one ball. Why? Why? You know, that's, you know, for for a listener hearing this for the first time, that's kind of outrageous, right? Where's the learning curve? All right. Now, there is a learning curve. Um, there's actually three learning curves, range, course and tournament golf. But the, the brain physiology was designed in a certain way to create fluid motion. Just like the heart was designed in a certain way to pump blood correctly through, through the physiology. Now, 
you could say that the mind is like an ocean. You could say that there are surface levels of the mind, like there are surface levels of the ocean, very choppy, very active, sometimes turbulent. And the mind has the same scheme where you're thinking a lot, you're analyzing, you're discriminating. But then the mind has the ability to settle down and experience quieter levels of the thinking process, softer, quieter levels, more silent levels of the mind, right? So we have this scheme of the mind having um, um, surface active levels, thinking a lot, and then not thinking a lot. We have this experience a hundred times a day. We're thinking, we're thinking, and all of a sudden we say, you know, that's enough thinking for me. And then the mind settles down. And of course we have this experience every, every night when we're trying to fall asleep. The mind is active, active, active. Well, you're not gonna fall asleep if the mind is active. So the mind settles down and then the body gets rest. Now the body has the same scheme. You've got the surface, you could say you have the, the, the gross bulkier levels of the, mo of the body, which core levels of the body, which are core muscles, which are important for emotion. But if they dominate the motion, the ball's not gonna go anywhere in golf, right? And the body has also deeper levels of intelligence embedded within it. You could say the ability to fire the fast twitch muscles, which are necessary to generate club head speed, and the ability to self-correct emotion, which is the brilliance of the, of the human brain physiology. Now, here's the secret sauce, and here's why it could only take one or two balls to have this experience, which I've had numerous times with players, is that when you generate an intention uh, thought during the swing, the swing is only one, about 1.5 seconds, but when you generate an intention during the swing, from the surface level of the mind, you only have access to the surface level intelligence of the body. You only have access to the core bulkier muscles of the body. But the way the whole thing is set up, and certainly it wasn't set up by me, <laughs> is that when you generate an intention from a softer, quieter level of the mind, you have no choice but to access the deeper, more intelligent levels of the body. So when someone is playing really well, and let's not, let's go away from beginning golfers. Let's even talk about professional golfers. Okay. When someone is playing really well, they, for whatever reason, they didn't have to understand these dynamics. It doesn't matter if you understand it. The laws of nature are not dependent on human belief is that when they're playing really well, they're generating the intentions during the swing. I'm only talking about the 1.5 seconds. I'm not talking about before or after. They're generating the intentions uh, during the swing from a very quiet, soft level of the mind. Therefore, the body is free to do what it knows best. It can act, it's accessing the deeper levels of intelligence of the body. But when that same player goes out who shot a 65 on Thursday in a PGA tournament and shoots a 73, the same player, yeah. for whatever reason, maybe he hit 10 or 12 fairways or 14 fairways on Thursday, and he ends up hitting three or four fairways on Friday, that same player is generating intentions from a surface level of the mind. So he only has access to the surface level of intelligence of the body. So the mind was designed to generate a golf swing from a quieter, softer level of the mind. It was not designed to generate a golf swing 
from the surface level of the mind. And let me just uh, interject here a little bit of brain uh, neurophysiology is that in order to generate emotion, any motion, whether it's walking across the street or you're hitting a golf ball, you have to generate a signal and intention in the mind or else the club's not gonna move. Now there are two parts of the brain that are really interesting in producing motion. One is the prefrontal cortex, which is the front of the frontal part of the brain, which uh, oversees all processes in the brain, which is called the CEO of the brain. And, um, and it's essentially the discriminating intellect. When you're thinking a lot, it's the PFC that's thinking. And the other part of the, of the brain is the motor system. Now, when that player who shot a 65 on Thursday, during his swing, the majority of his swing, swings during the 1.5 seconds it takes to generate a swing, the signal bypassed the prefrontal cortex. The prefrontal cortex or the intellect went offline and the signal uh, went right to the motor system. And it's the motor system which communicates with the body to produce motion. Now, when that same player shot, uh, shot a 73 on Friday, for the majority of his swings during the motion, the prefrontal cortex or the intellect went online and then it delayed that signal moving seamless, seamlessly and effortlessly to the motor system. And then in the middle of the motion, the body is looking for direction from the mind. There's too many processes going on. And that's when the bulkier core muscles dominate the motion. And that's when he can't square the club. That's when he is coming over the top. That's when he can't release or he's guiding the ball and he can't find the slot. There could be numerous mechanical um, problems that happen during the swing, but essentially the origin of that is that the prefrontal cortex or the intellect uh, went online. Now, getting back to why it only takes one or two balls for some players to experience this, which I have seen countless times really, is that when you set up or when I set up the conditions for the mind to experience quieter levels, whether you understand this, these dynamics of what I just said, whether you don't understand, whether you believe it, whether you don't believe it, laws of nature operate independent of human belief, immediately, and when I say this, immediately I'm talking about within one or two balls, immediately, because you're generating intentions during the swing from a quieter level of the mind, you have access to the more intelligent levels of the body. So right away, the body starts to default to simpler and more powerful positions during the swing, even if you don't know what those positions are. Okay. Yeah, and when you talk about a swing only taking 1.5 seconds, uh, any kind of hiccup in that when the prefrontal cortex kicks in, I could see that throwing, throwing the, the groove off a little bit there. And so then you don't have quite that fluid motion uh, so that, that can that can make sense to me in and then how that would the intention coming from the surface of the mind rather than the the more depth of the mind makes a difference. Okay, Jeremy. More here's of a question. automatic. Here's a question for you, okay? You've been playing golf long enough to have some good experiences out there, right? Yeah. Give me one word. You have one word to describe how it felt when you played your best. One word. Just get one word. What's the word? Felt good. Uh, I mean, I think freeing. I think like you kind of use the free 
freedom earlier when you were talking about your experience. Yeah, and I think describe, that would be yeah, describe describe to me or to to the audience as well what you experienced when you played your best. What did it feel? You know, if you were to describe the experience to somebody. I mean, I think of it maybe maybe not even a golf a golf sense. You know, when when I'm playing really well, like basketball or some other sport, it just feels like I'm. It's easy. It's simple, right? And um, and you know, with golf, you know, you're just like, okay, yeah, I just, this is what I do. I take the, I take the club up here and I just swing through and the ball goes where I want it to go and we're good. Or, you know, I, I shoot, I shoot the shot and, and it kind of just floats towards the goal and, and there you go. And it's in, and it's like the example we hear, I think with uh, some, some of the basketball players where they say it's like throwing a rock into the ocean when they're feeling it. Okay. Now describe how it felt when you played really, really poorly. Uh, infuriating. <laughs> Nothing was going right. Uh, let's see here. So you're using like one word, it was like impossible, you know, well, from an, from an internal, from an internal description. Okay. What were you experiencing inside? Okay. We know it was frustrating. Okay. It's probably more of a fight, right? You're, uh, you're just like a conflict in, with inside where you're trying to like, okay, what is, what is, what am I doing wrong? You're sitting there trying to tease out everything, all, all this information and you're trying to have a conflict of what you're seeing happen and what you feel like you're ha what's happening. So would you say that your prefrontal cortex was much more engaged when you oh. played poorly? When Yeah, because it's right. analyzing all this stuff. It's trying, to, it's trying say, to take all the information and analyze it. Would you say that um, there's, um, for most golfers, there's a contrast between how they hit the ball on the range versus how they hit the ball on the course? Yeah. I mean, you, you talk about, you know, most of the golf, most, you can just go with professionals. You talk about they could hit all the shots on the range, but then put them on a course and they can't, they, they have difficulty hitting the shot that they're needing to hit. And granted, there's a lot of, a lot of different factors to that, but, but yeah, no, I think that's well, definitely true. But here's the thing. It's because they, they don't know what they have to do. They yeah. don't understand, unless you can, unless a, a teacher or a player can answer this question, which is a very simple question they will be searching for solutions for the rest of their golfing career. And they will usually look completely in the wrong places, which is the swing. Okay. And chances are they'll never reach their potential in golf ever. Very few golfers reach their potential in golf, even professional golfers. And the question is very simple. How is fluid motion produced and why does it break down? It's very simple. Now you go on the PGA tour, except for Scott McCarron, who I've worked with for the past five years, who won the Schwab Cup in 2019. They, Lee Jansen, I worked with. They, Gabby Lopez on the LPGA Tour, they cannot answer that question. So the, the thing is, you know, before I work with a player, and I've worked with a lot of good players, I ask them a question, okay? I, I set up this scenario. Let's say, uh, let's say it's, uh, it's Scott. I say, Scott, let's say you just had the best ball striking day you've had in in six months, okay? And this is a professional golfer who, you know, who yeah. um, this is what he does for a living, right? And you just had the best ball striking day you've had for six months. You walk off the course and someone comes up to you and says, Scott, do you know why you played so well today? Now, if you ask the, that person enough questions, which I have, and they start saying, well, I was really swinging well. I said, well, what happened last week when you missed the cut? Um, not sure. So if you ask them enough questions and you get away from the swing, they'll say, you know what? I'm not really sure. 
Then you say, well, let's say you go out the next day. You just had the best ball striking day you had in six months. You go out the next day and you have a miserable ball striking day and you walk off the course and someone comes up to you and says, and asks you, Scott, why did you play so poorly today? Could you fundamentally answer that question? And if they're honest, they'll say, no, I thought I was, I was doing and thinking the same way I thought yesterday when I had the best ball striking day. And I, I thought I did the same thing. And I have the worst ball strike, a very poor ball striking day. So let's look at this scenario. It's a professional golfer. This is not a weekend warrior. Right. He's not too sure what happens when he plays well. And he's not too sure what happens when he doesn't play well. Now, could there be anything more wrong with that picture? If you're a professional golfer, no, there could be nothing wrong with that. And the answer to both questions, why he played well and why he didn't play well, is a very simple answer. It's not Stephen Yellen's answer. Stephen Yellen may be clever. He is not the creator. He didn't create how fluid motion is produced. On the day that he had a, a solid ball striking day, he was generating his intentions from a very quiet level of the mind. Therefore, he had access to the more deeper intelligent levels of the physiology in the body. And the day he was not playing well, the next day, he was generating intentions from the surface level of the mind. The prefrontal cortex went online. The body was looking for direction during that 1.5 seconds. It wasn't forthcoming. It goes into crisis management. He has no idea what's going to happen on the way down. He has no idea really whether the ball is going to go right or left. Essentially, He's at the blackjack table at the Bellagio on each shot, and he doesn't know what card is going to be dealt. Have I stated this case clearly enough for you, Jeremy? Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Um, and so I guess me being a, uh, a very logical person, probably why I got into physical therapy and, and, and fitness training, um, <clears throat> how, do, how do we help somebody get from having these surface thoughts down to these deeper thoughts? First of all, well, you have to read the book. You have, you have three choices. I'll give you three choices, right? I'll give you four choices, but the fourth choice uh, will just give you the intellectual understanding. It won't give you the technique. You could sit down with any neurophysiologist in the world and ask them how fluid motion is produced and what happens when the prefrontal cortex goes online. And if he knows his stuff, he'll say, well, that's no bueno. You are at the blackjack table at the Bellagio. Okay. That, so you'll get the intellectual understanding because it's, I got it from a neuroscientist to work with two Olympic teams. I, I didn't know anything about neuroscience. I, I knew my program worked, but I didn't know why it worked until about 10 or 15 years ago when I sat down with this neuroscientist and he explained, well, this is why your program works from a neurophysiological perspective. So to answer your question, your audience has three choices. One, go on Amazon and buy my book. It gives out the whole program. I have to tell you, I wrote this book four years ago and it took me a long time to release it because I charge a lot of money to work with someone in person. Why would I give away my whole program for $25, okay? And finally, I realized, you know what, Stephen, there's how many, um, what is it, 24 million golfers in the world or something, yeah, something like, like that. Okay, they need to know this. You have a responsibility. You have an obligation. Yeah. And of course, I wanna be financially um, rewarded for this, but it, it really, the, the desire came from compassion because golfers suffer. If you're listening to this and you're a golfer, I know your soul, you're suffering out there. You walk off that course sometimes and you are a mental and physical wreck and you're asking yourself, do I really wanna continue spending four or five hours away from my family on Sunday 
if I'm miserable out here, but then you hit two or three good shots and that brings you back. Okay, okay, I'll come back. Maybe I'll get it this time around. And then that's endless search for a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that they'll never get to. So um, I decided to release the book. The second way you can learn the program is I have an online program. And if you go on my website, fluidmotiongolf.com, it gives you the options. The third option, if you have some money in the bank, you should work with me in person. I fly all over the country to give clinics or work with individual uh, uh, people. And that's absolutely the ideal way to do it simply because I can see your swing, I can see your body language, I can see where you are in the food chain and you will get maybe 20% more than you will get from the online or the book. And, and, and especially if you're a competitive golfer, that 20% could, um, you know, could mean an awful lot in the end. Yeah, there you go. And so where did, where did you kind of come up with some of the cues to kind of get people into the, the fluid motion and, and getting that, you know, into that zone? So 15 years ago, Dr. Fred Travis, this neuroscientist told me something that completely changed my understanding of sports. And had he not told me this, the program never would have been developed to the a level that it's been developed now. And he said, he said, Stephen, you know, once you groove emotion, that motion can't break down. What breaks down is the ability to access it. Now, if you think about that, that is a mind blowing concept for a golfer. Now the key word is grooved. Grooved means you drop a, you drop a, a, a balls on the range. Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Looks good. Feels good. It's not for a beginning or an intermediate golfer. It's for someone you know who's a golfer. What that means, muscle memory can't break down. Is you don't you do not have to reinvent the swing on every shot. The rules of the bank neurophysiologically to access what you already own, the money in the bank. So, based on that, I knew the mind had to become silent. Silence is the key. Silence is the key. It's the key. So I developed, you don't have to think about golf. You don't have to think about your swing. It's, it's done. So I developed these cues, essentially, that help quiet the mind. And even though my program is a mental training program, it has nothing to do with sports psychology. I have, no, I have zero background in sports psychology at all. So I would, I would come up with these fluid cues. These are something that a golfer does mentally, either uh, before they walk into the shot, while they're walking into the shot, while they're over the ball, during the swing or after the shot is done, but they haven't come out of the shot, that allow the mind to experience deeper levels of silence. The key is to allow the mind to experience deeper levels of silence. So it took a long time to come up with these fluid cues, years and years, even though, you know, you've read, you told me you read half the book. I mean, how ridiculously simple are they? They're, it's yeah. a kindergarten, but, but it has to be simple because when someone plays really, really good golf, it feels ridiculously simple. So you're never going to get simplicity from complexity. You're only going to get simplicity. From, um, you're only going to get simplicity from simplicity. And that's why my program is so simple. And that's why the, the name of the book is Simplicity. Yeah, and they are very simple and, you know, a simple, uh, I, mean, I always say on, on this podcast actually is that, you know, simple consistency 
leads to greatness. So if we continually do some, the simple things, that's that's where those steps. It's like that one one percent better each time comes from. And so uh, I love I love the premise of things being simple uh, because simple is easy to implement and it's easy to remember. It's easy to 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 work with. Yes, it's very very and and, and you'll see as you. I have five sets of fluid cues. The book only has four, but um, I had to save something, you know, save something for special occasions. But, you know, as you see, each set of fluid cues, they get simpler and simpler because you can't do anything complex out there. Who are you kidding? All right. You're not, you're not going to get simplicity from complexity. Yeah. And, and, And the simpler it is, the simpler the result you're going to get, which means, as you said, in your little saying, consistency. Yeah. So, so the reasoning for the different cues is kind of just to, to keep them, I, I don't know, maybe the mind from, from trying to dominate that again or, no, or coming to the surface no. or just. No. The reason each set of fl- fluid cues has its own purpose. And, um, that and and not everyone likes every single fluid cue. Some people like this one better than than other other people. You know, it's like you're going to a buffet. No one's, not everyone's going for the tofu. Some people are going for the you know the chicken dumplings. All right. Right. So I, I give a sort of like a variety and a, you know a, a choice, but they all lo- all roads lead to Rome. They all do the same thing. They all do the same thing. And that's allowing the mind to experience deeper levels of silence. It's just that you're coming from a different perspective. And as you read, as you finish the book, you'll see, oh, this set of fluid cues really teaches you this. And this set of fluid cues really teaches you that. So we're looking at that arena from where zone experiences are generated from, from every possible perspective that you can imagine so i need to finish reading the book start applying these things and seeing how it goes and i'll uh, i'll get back to you on on my thoughts with that there and hopefully some of these uh some of the listeners will do do the same thing as some of our wrap-up questions here i always ask these to everybody that comes through just get a feel for for what what's going on with their what they're doing and what's your favorite golf memory My favorite golf memory. My favorite golf memory is playing with my mother and father at Torrey Pines. That was, uh, and it's not just once, it's probably 300 times. And that's, that's a great thrill for me because my mother wasn't bad, all right? Uh, she, could, she, she can get that ball airborne and she can move it around. But that's Sunday afternoon at Torrey Pines, about four o'clock in the afternoon. We used to pay seven bucks to play Torrey Pines, all right? It's probably 150, 200 maybe in the season. So that's yeah. my favorite. Those, I wouldn't say memory, I would say memories. That's pretty cool, yeah. And most people would love to get out there and play. Uh, and, all right, next is, what's your favorite drill or exercise to improve your own personal game? See how, see how little you can do mentally. Okay. Just 
see how because less is more what's the takeaway you want golfers to get from this or to apply from this conversation today they're much better than they think they're much better than they think because they know how they hit it on the range they're, they're saying to themselves okay uh, on the course, first of all, geez, where'd that range swing go? Okay. After the round, they're thinking, geez, why can't I hit it on the course the way I hit it on the range? Well, guess what, folks? It's a golf ball and it's a golf club. And you're hitting it off the grass both, both times, range and course. What is the difference? Well, the difference is you'll find out in the book what's the difference. But I'm telling golfers, and I see this all the time, they are much better than they think when their minds settle down and they start producing fluid motion the way the creator designed fluid motion to be produced instantaneously, no learning curve there, instantaneously, they're more consistent. Therefore, they enjoy themselves more. Awesome. Well, Stan, thank you so much for, for coming on today. Uh, before we let you go, can we get ways that we can follow you, keep up with what you're doing, uh, learn more about, about the fluid motion factor, golf program, your book, whatever? So uh, uh, I'm on Facebook with my name, Stephen Yellen. I post a lot of posts, literally all the posts on something golf related. Uh, I'm on Instagram where I post uh, videos a couple times a week. Uh, my Instagram is uh, fluid motion factor, fluid underscore motion underscore factor. My website is fluidmotiongolf.com. Um, again, I would suggest you buy the book. Uh, it'll change your golf career forever and your game forever. And contact information. If you want more information or if you have any questions, you can either um, email, email me through my website or email me through um there's another email address at the at the end of the book and that's it all right well thank you so much for coming on here we'll have steven's information below so you guys can can check out the book and his website and some of the programs that he offers and and get more more of this information about getting into the zone and having this fluid um, fluid motion in your own game thank you steven and thank you all for listening remember consistency simple consistency leads to greatness. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Hopefully you've enjoyed this content on the go. If you found it helpful, please share with a friend and leave us a review on iTunes. This allows us to reach more golfers just like you that want to play under par. Do you want to be stronger and healthier? Well, I've got a resource, Golf Fitness Tips. It's a free Facebook group where we talk about how to take care of our bodies so that we can play more golf, we can play golf longer in life, and we can play better on the course. If that interests you, then check out the link below or search for Golf Fitness Tips on Facebook.